Hi, I'm Walter Harvey, the senior pastor at Parklawn Assembly of God. Parklawn is a church that both regular attenders and even unchurched people love to attend. Why? Perhaps it's because we seek real and authentic relationships. We're a multicultural church that's engaged in volunteerism and outreach in our community and world. Let's face it, we live in a real world. Young people are facing challenges in their school, relationships, and career choices. That's why we're focused on practical matters, such as making faith work in family, career, and community issues. If you're tired of church as usual, or you don't go to church at all, then Parklawn Assembly of God could be the perfect place for you. Come check it out this weekend. We have services each Sunday morning at 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. Parklawn Assembly of God is located at 3725 North Sherman Boulevard, right in the heart of the city of Milwaukee. You can contact us by phone or on the web at either 414-442-7411 or at www.parklawn.org. I hope to meet you soon. We're starting a series today called Uncommon Gifts. Next week, I'll talk about Uncommon Grace. But this morning, I want to talk about Uncommon Friends. And I believe the Lord is inviting us and challenging every one of us to be an uncommon friend to somebody. He's inviting us to, as we just talked about, moving into this season of celebration, also to walk together closer in unity and in agreement with one another. You know, there are many people who don't feel a sense of celebration during the holidays. They probably feel a sense of loneliness of sadness, of grief, because they're, they're experiencing the holiday without a loved one. And we understand that because Genesis 2 and 18 tells us that God created us not to be alone. He says it's not good for man to be alone. And when we're going through life, when you're going through trials, when you're going through temptations, when you're going through tests, when you're going through a crisis, or even when you make mistakes, it's good to have somebody who's there with you to lift you up. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 says that two are better than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. There are many people that are alone, many people that are not experiencing that, that threefold relationship of, of making Jesus the center of our relationship. And some of us are alone because of past hurts. Somebody hurt you, somebody betrayed you, somebody disappointed you, and now you have chosen a life of isolation. And it's, it's, I understand that because it's often easier to build walls than it is to build bridges. It's more natural to live in isolation. In fact, isolation is efficient. It's quick, it's fast, it's easy. I can, I can do Netflix and chill all by myself at home. I can, I can order DoorDash. It comes right to my house. I don't have to cook. I don't have to be around people. There's an African proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. 
we need uncommon friendships. And if you're going to be an uncommon friend, and if you're going to have uncommon friendships, it's going to take time, it's going to take courage, it's going to take focus and persistence. You can't give up on it when, when, when the obstacles come. I encourage every one of us to become an uncommon friend. I want to, I want to take you to a text this morning of four uncommon friends who saw their friend in a condition. But they looked past the condition and they believed that God was more, he had more for that friend. And they believed that their friend was capable of doing more. That's, that's what an uncommon friend is. And I believe that the Lord is saying to us through this text that some of us in here might be just like that man who was paralyzed. Some of us are paralyzed by the pain and hurts of the past, or it might be your present habits that have you laying on a mat. I want you to look with me in Mark chapter 2. In Mark chapter 2, I'm going to read probably 12 verses of this, this scripture. The New American Standard version of the Bible says when he speaking about Jesus when he had come back to Capernaum several days afterwards it was heard that he was at home it was heard that he was at home Jesus was was literally spending most of his time in that region near the Sea of Galilee near Capernaum and that's where he met Simon Peter the fisherman and Bible scholars tell us that this text is taking place in Simon Peter's house. He was reclining. He was, he was at home in Peter's house. And in those days, the houses in that region, they were, they were like four-room houses. They weren't very big, but it was four rooms in, in each house. But there was a stairwell on the outside of the house that went up to the top, to the roof. And that was a place where it was like a patio. It was a place that you could have a meal. It was a place that you could, you could pray. It's a place that you could even sleep. It was a cool place. In, in verse 2 it says that there were many who were gathered so that there was no longer room, not even near the door. And he was speaking the word to them. And they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. But being unable to get him to Jesus because of the crowd they removed the roof above him and when they had dug an opening they let down the pallet on which the paralytic was lying uncommon friends are like Giannis they do uncommon things they do things that are rare they do things that are unexpected that are extraordinary they do unusual things and these friends were so full of faith that they found a way to get their friend to Jesus. See, that's an uncommon friend. It, it's a person who is full of faith, and faith always finds a way. They found a way to get to Jesus. Faith will always find a way, even when there is no way. Faith will make a way. There are some of us that are on the opposite spectrum of that. We don't live in faith, we live in doubt. Doubt sees the obstacles, but faith always sees a way. And you're either looking at your circumstances in life through the lens of doubt, or you're looking at them through the lens of faith. Which lens are you using today? Doubt says, well, I guess there's no room. He won't get healed today. I guess we better go back home. Doubt says, well, I guess it's the will of God. 
for him to be in this condition. There's no help for him. But faith says, no, we're going to find a way. <laughs> we all need some uncommon friends like that. Uncommon friends are, are creative. You know, one of, the, one of the core values we have at Park Lawn in, in our core value statement, we call it shine it. Service, humility, innovation. That's the first I. The N is no limits, which means faith. You take those two, the innovation and the no limits, it, it's, it's really the epitome of these uncommon friends because faith is creative. Creativity is born out of limitations. All I needed was somebody to tell me, you can't dunk that basketball. Oh, really? Okay. I'm going to show you now. All I needed was some limitations to cause me to become creative. All I needed was somebody to tell me, you too short, you too slow, you too old, you the wrong ethnicity, you the wrong gender, and limitations breeds creativity. I look at African Americans uh, today, some of the most creative people on the face of the earth. You know why? That's born out of limitations. Back in the day, uh, even during slavery and post-slavery, African Americans on this content were limited. Limited in, in, in every aspect of life. Take, take one aspect. Okay, Thanksgiving has just passed, so take food for a moment. Y'all know y'all ate some slave food this, this holiday. Come on, you know you did. They say chitlins is the devil's breath mint. Um, that's what they say. I ain't messing with your with your dietary uh, uh, choices, but chitlins, that's a limited food. Come on, that was, that was stuff that was thrown away. But our ancestors took that stuff and they lived off of leftovers. They took the neck bones, they took the pig feet, the pig ears, the pig nose, the pig tail, even the head. They took all the stuff that was left of you. You can't have the the porterloin and the and the tenderloin and the you know and the shank and the and the rump. We got all of that. You can have all the leftovers. You, see, you know what we did? Creativity. And then when Master came in and looked at at our family and then looked at his and he saw Buck standing six five and weighing three hundred pounds. You say, my God. That's what faith does. Faith finds a way. It finds a way. So we, we are all without excuses. You're, you're without, I don't like excuses. You're without excuses. There's no excuse for laziness. Faith finds a way. You got to find a way. Don't tell me that you can't. Find a way. When, you, when somebody tells you you can't, okay, that's, that's, that's a key for your creativity to just be stirred up, to get up out of the pit, to get up and take your mat and walk. Faith always finds a way. Something else about uncommon friends, uncommon friends exercise their faith on behalf of lost people. That's what God is challenging us to do, to be uncommon, to release your faith. Sometimes you have to carry people to Jesus when they're unable to walk themselves. That's what an uncommon friend does. Uh, friends bring friends to Jesus. When's the last time you brought one of your friends to Jesus? 
They didn't have an interest in Jesus. They, they didn't know they needed Jesus. They didn't know where to find Jesus. But you picked them up and you lent them some of your faith. Uncommon friends lend people their faith. Turn to your neighbor and say, you want to borrow some faith? Yeah, I got some extra if you need some. I don't know. You might be running low today. I got some if you need some. Anybody on overflow of faith, you, you got some you could spare. See, sometimes you got to lend people your faith. They don't have any faith of their own. Their faith might be small, but an uncommon friend, they, they create an opening for people to get into the presence of Jesus. Not an obstacle, but an opening. Doubters put obstacles before people, but creative, uncommon friends, they open up the roof. In verse 5, the text goes on to say, and Jesus, seeing their faith, said to the paralytic, Sons, your sins are forgiven. The paralytic didn't have much faith. His friends had the faith. When you got faith, the Lord sees your faith. He saw their faith. And not only did he see their faith, but he saw inside of the man who was laying on the mat, he saw his real need. Other folks probably would have saw his, his physical condition and said, you know what? He needs to be healed. He needs a doctor. Jesus looked at his real symptoms. He looked at his real condition, not the external, not the external symptoms. He said, son, your sins are forgiven you. Well, wait a minute. We, we didn't even know he needed that. We were just bringing him here so you could heal him. No, Jesus went past the healing to the real need. He knew that the man's greatest need was the forgiveness of his sins. What good would it have done the man to walk out of the house on two legs and walk straight into hell? <laughs> the greatest need of mankind is to have our sins forgiven, to have a relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. You see, in Jesus' day, there, the Jews believed that when a person was sick, that God was angry at them. Y'all remember when, when the, the religious leader or the disciples asked Jesus, Lord, who sinned, this man or his parents, the reason that he was born blind? That was their mentality, that if you were sick, God's angry at you. You must have done something. Remember Job's friends. Oh, you must have, you must have did something to God. That's why you're going through all of this. That was their mentality. So Jesus met, he, he, he met the, the religious leaders and the Pharisees who were in the house right where their mentality was. Because when he said, son, your sins are forgiven, in verse 6, some of the scribes who were sitting there, they reasoned in their heart. Why does this man speak that way? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus, aware in his spirit that they were reasoning that way within themselves, he said to them, why are you reasoning about these things in your heart? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up. Pick up your pallet and walk, which is easier, he said. You know, that, that's, the Pharisees didn't realize who Jesus was. He wanted to let them know, listen, I'm God. I, I have the power to heal, but I also have the authority to forgive sins. And so that you might know who I am, he said to the paralytic, oh, and by the way, get up, take up your pallet and go home. 
Verse 12 says, he got up and immediately picked up his pallet and he went out into the sight of everyone. Can you see this man? He couldn't get in through the door. His friends lent him some faith, opened up a hole in the roof, lowered him in front of Jesus. Jesus forgives his sin, then heals his body and the man picks up his pallet and says, excuse me, I got to get out of here now. He walked out. Which is easier? Jesus today still has power to heal. Come on, don't get it twisted. He's got power to heal. He wants you to know that I've got power to heal. Whatever the condition is in your body, he's got power to heal. And he has authority to forgive your sins. Which is easier, he asked the Pharisees. When you think about that, in my mind, I think it was easier for Jesus to heal the man's body. Because to heal his body, all he had to do was say a word. <laughs> Take up your bed and walk. All he had to do was release a word. Just give a word, and his body was healed. But in order to forgive his sins and to forgive our sins, he had to give his life. He had to give his life. He's willing to do both. When you think about which one is easier, I think it's easier to heal in my mind than it is to forgive because to forgive requires him to sacrifice himself. But that same Jesus is here today. He's here right now. He's in this house. He's in here and, and he's the teacher. And many of us are like, like that, those people who were in Peter's house that day. We're sitting around hearing the word. But there's somebody in here that's paralyzed. Paralyzed by your past. Paralyzed by your present habits. Can't get up. You need somebody to lend you some faith. You know you need to be in the presence of Jesus. But you just can't quite get there on your own. I'm telling you, there's faith being released in this house today. And the great thing about Jesus is that when you got even the smallest mustard seed side of faith, he sees your faith. He sees your faith. He sees right where you are. I want to just let everybody know in here right now, God's not mad at you. In this moment, I want you to do something. Just, just close your eyes, because I don't want you to be distracted and miss this moment. God is in this house right now. And he's not mad at you. I want my positions to come back. He's not mad at you. He sees your faith. He understands your past. He understands your paralysis. He understands your habits. He understands your hurt. He understands why you're living in isolation, why you are not a friend or don't have friends. But he's here today with power to heal and authority to save. If you just release your faith. Parkline Assembly of God exists to share the light, life, and love of Jesus Christ. As a part of this mission, join us for special services, workshops, and encounters. Parkline Assembly of God is located at 3725 North Sherman Boulevard, right in the heart of the city of Milwaukee. You can contact us by phone or on the web at either 414-442-7411 or at www.parklawn.org. I hope to meet you soon.